volume sound all right to you? Yeah, it's good. I can't crack my glass open. That would not make sense. <laughs> that is not how you start a podcast. Jittery post-work nerves. <laughs> I mean, you could crack your glass open. It'd just be a little hard to drink out of it after that. I might do it against my head. <laughs> just knock yourself just out. Just glass myself in the temple. Ugh. God damn it. Why do we do this to ourselves? I believe I offered to move it to a different day that we weren't both working. <laughs> eh, well, one of us would be cranky and tired, and now we both get to be cranky and tired. But we picked the right day to do it. You know why? Why? Welcome to the Nightmare Box, presenting Mistakes for Made. My name is Brett Bloom, and I'm sitting across from the beautiful, the effervescent, the slowly coming unraveled, Kristen Pennington. <laughs> and this is another edition of Two Star Tuesdays. Two, two, two stars. Two, two, Tuesdays, days, 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 This might be Brett's favorite movie yet. It might be. It might be. I've legit got a lot of good things to say about this film. Actually, I really liked it for the most part. Yeah, and we'll get into it. Um, I mean, I, I don't feel like my volume is on. So, uh, but we'll get into it. Uh, so this week we're covering Eli. It's 2019 film, so it's brand new, so it's still kind of relevant. You might have seen it. If you haven't seen it, don't listen to this episode. Go watch Eli, and then when you're frustrated with something that we're going to talk about, Come back and listen to this. You'll love it. It'll be brilliant because we're brilliant. And we'll we, laugh. We'll cry. We'll laugh. We'll cry. We'll break bottles <laughs> on Brett's head. We're going to learn the good, the bad, the ugly, and see if there's anything that we came away with. You ready? I hope so. Coming at it with energy. <laughs> I'm trying to come at it with energy. I need you to work with me. I, I can't do the little like uh, comedy club crowd thing. Are you ready? That's not good enough. I said, are you ready? Let's do it. So this is Eli, as we just said, from 2019, available on Netflix. Uh, it got 5.8 on the IMDb. It got a 48% critic on Rotten Tomatoes and a 40% audience. How do you feel about the score? Uh, yeah, I'd probably give it a roughly a 50 or so, because I mm-hmm. really liked the movie until the tail end. Yeah, tail end takes percentage points away at yeah. a rapid rate. Yeah, so... If we could cut off the last 20, I would have given it a pretty high score. <laughs> yeah, if, they, if they cut off the last 20, this might have been my favorite horror film so far this year that, you know, I've seen this year. Yeah, I was, I was about to say even more so than Hereditary, but I think that was like That was last year. Yeah, yeah. Last year, the year before we did Hereditary. That still stands as one of my top five. <laughs> that was fucking incredible. We still have to watch that other one. Yeah, we got to do a whole movie review about the Joker, but now we're losing momentum. (laughs) (laughs) How do you feel about the score? Uh, I'm I'm spot on. Yeah, 48 sounds like a good number for it. Because I was at like a steady 85, and then it was as the seconds passed at the end, I was just clicking off percentage points. I was like, 84? 83? (laughs) (laughs) It it got all the way down. Which writer do I need to kill? What is going on here? Um... This was produced by Paramount, Intrepid, and MTV Films. But why did it wind up being distributed by Netflix, Kristen? Because Paramount couldn't figure out how to market the movie. Had no idea what fucking genre to call this thing. Which is fair, you know, uh, given the way that they chose to end this film. Yeah. Could have gone psychological horror, psychological thriller, thriller horror. And then the last part happens. Dog shit horror. 
Then, yeah, then it turns into dog shit whore. Um, this thing was done on a budget of $11 million. No idea what the gross is. It's very hard to find what kind of money has been made by Netflix because I don't, I don't understand how they run a business so well. I have no concept of what is happening behind that curtain. But they made this film for 11 mil. Not a bad budget. No, I mean, that's a pretty high budget, yeah. yeah. That's a pretty good role. And that's a lot of big-name companies attached to it. Yeah, and they so. got some pretty big-name people. Not like massive-name people, but known people to work on this yeah. thing. So the writers for this film, we've got three writers. None of them are the director. So, this is a <laughs> good sign. Had it. Good sign here. You got David Churchirio. Probably not Cheerio. <laughs> David Churchirio. <laughs> Whatever you C-H-I-R- say. C-H-I-R-C-H-I-R-I-L-L-O. Churchirio. Sure. <laughs> it's close. And you got uh, Ian Goldberg. Uh, he's known for writing Autopsy of Jane Doe, a 2016 film. And Richard Nang, who also worked with him on that film. And this was directed by Cyrn Foy, I think is how you say that name. Uh, C-I-A-R-A-N. Hmm. Maybe think... Kieran? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think Ciaran's to look up. probably not it. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to name my kid. I'm going I'm to spell that gas that killed all those people in the Middle East. Super funny. Ciaran! <laughs> I didn't think to look up the director or the cinematographer to see if they had done anything that I knew. I didn't notice anything. Uh, go and Kieran. Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I know that it had a bunch of short films and stuff. I can't remember if I saw any features on there or um, like any big name features that you know we could reference uh, that people would readily get. But go look it up yourself. Yeah, go look <laughs> it up yourself. Um, and then we got our character listing. We've got Eli, my boy, pulled me through this fucking movie. Uh, Charlie Shotwell. Um, He's not in anything else, but I would expect to see him in a lot of things. I really enjoyed him in this movie. He was the strongest actor, as most kids are in most of the two stars that we do. We all go, that kid's fucking awesome. Breaks your heart early in. Yeah. (laughs) Then we got Rose, who played the mom. She's played by Kelly Riley, who was in Flight in 2012. She played Nicole. I actually figured out how I knew her, because I dug through her IMDb. She was Watson's wife in Sherlock Holmes. Sweet. Yeah. There you I'd go. Like, I'd like, the whole time we were watching this, I was like, I know I've seen her I somewhere. thought Watson was gay. No. Like in the the movie with uh, Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Watson was married. I just assumed the character is a homosexual. No. <laughs> <laughs> no the Robert Downey one, anyway, he got married. And uh, yeah, she played his wife. In the... Well, the gays can get married now, Kristen. Okay. He was married to a woman. <laughs> Quit living so... <laughs> 10 years ago. <laughs> married to a lady. That's the point that I'm making right now. Uh, but yeah, that's how I recognized her. Yeah. Then you had uh, Paul. He was the dad. Uh, he's played by Max Martini, which would be my porn name. I love the name Max Martini. That is fucking <laughs> awesome. Uh, he was in 13 Hours, which I didn't see, but that was that uh, film about Benghazi, mm-hmm. the military movie that came out in 2016. He played a guy called Mark Oz Geist. So... Yeah, I haven't seen it either, so he yeah. didn't look familiar It was to me. a pretty controversial film, but personally, I, 
as a military veteran, view almost every military film as a propaganda piece, and I refuse to watch them. <laughs> I like the Vietnam movies, because Vietnam has not been going on for 20 years of my <laughs> life. <now. laughs> you got Dr. Horn. She's played by Lily Taylor, who I should have noticed and did not notice, uh, was in The Conjuring in 2013. She played Carolyn Perron. I think I, I can't read my own handwriting. Yes. I thought it was H. I thought it was Heron, maybe. I, don't I, know. I wrote I P.E. Look, I looked it up, too, and like I, she looked vaguely familiar to me, but she wasn't one where I was like, I know, I know yeah. her. And then, yeah, I looked at her IMDb, and there were a couple where I was like, oh, yeah. She's been, I wouldn't have pegged her yeah. in that movie. She's but, been yeah. like the mom in a couple of those conjuring, insidious, those types of, you know, home pa- home paranormal movies. Yeah, she had done, I think, two or three that I definitely knew, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like a, oh, yeah, you were in that. Yeah. And then we've got Haley, uh, the little girl. Sadie Sink. She plays Sadie Sink. And I've never seen it, but one of Kristen's favorite shows is Stranger Things. Yep. And she played Max Mayfield in Stranger she Things. She did. I have not seen the latest season of Stranger Things, but she did a fantastic job in season two. I don't think she was in season one at all, if I'm uh, yeah. remembering right. But... I loved her in this one. Again, the the kid actors in the two star movies are fucking brilliant. Why we should watch Stranger Things? Because it's mostly children actors and they're all brilliant. Yeah, I'm good with it. We could do that. We can watch the first It movie remake again. (laughs) (laughs) Controversial opinion. I don't really enjoy the original. Made for TV It. Really liked the remake. Not seen part two because it's not going to involve child gangbang. Without child gangbang, you cannot compellingly tell the story. (laughs) Read the novel. It's how they became adults. It uh, okay. develops so much of All her right. character. So let's get into Eli. Uh, you've also got Nurse Barbara. She's played by Deneen Tyler. And Nurse Marcela, which is played by Katia Gomez. K-A-T-I-A. I didn't know either of them. So. Me either. But I wrote them <laughs> down anyway because they're other characters. Are you sure you're not mad at me? <laughs> You like my radio voice? Are you sure you're not mad at me? And like what's behind door yeah. number two? Come on down! <laughs> Curious. You could give us some plot synopsis over sure. in this bitch. So, um, Eli is basically the boy in the bubble. He's mm-hmm. allergic to everything. He can't uh, breathe the, like unfiltered air, can't drink unfiltered water, can't even bathe in unfiltered water. Um literally lives his whole life in like a sanitary bubble and if he leaves this bubble he has to wear a suit yeah and, and otherwise he like breaks out like his skin's burning he can't breathe and um his parents are like desperately trying to figure out a cure so that he doesn't have to live his whole life this way so they basically pack up and move um i, I don't know if it's said what state they went to or where they went but I, they, I remember reading it but i can't remember what it is yeah it implied they moved some great distance, yeah. though, to go stay at this quote-unquote clean house where Dr. Horn works, and she has somehow managed to um, make this old house that she mm-hmm. bought airtight so that the air is clean, the water is filtered, and he can like actually come yeah. out of his suit and kind of live his life while they're working on trying to cure whatever's going on with him. And uh, some paranormal shit happens, some mixed signals get thrown around. Eli doesn't get better, he gets worse, so there's a lot of shit going down yeah. that we're going to unpack. A lot of shit right there at the end. <laughs> Did you love the synopsis right up till 
Paranormal got mentioned? Because I'll tell you what, I love this movie right up until fucking Paranormal got mentioned. This was the first one that I've watched in a long time where I was like, okay, those are ghosts. I don't like ghost movies. I don't, not because I'm scared of them. They annoy me. It's a cheap plot ploy most of the time. I bought them because the kid was seeing them. So I was like, okay, the kid's the only one that can see the ghosts. I'll fall in line for the narrative of the story. That was as far as I was willing to go paranormally in this movie. The paranormal part didn't bother me. It was the... Satanism? Yeah. That whole... Yeah. We'll get to it. (laughs) Uh, The trivia for this is... um, is... Sorry. Hmm. As Kristen mentions, they go to Dr. Horn's place where they've got the whole setup. But Eli is not Dr. Horn's first attempt at fixing whatever Eli's condition is. Um, She's had several patients in the past. And a few of them are named after characters from classic uh, horror films. So you've got Perry Hobbs, who's named after Detective Hobbs, and Fallen. You ever seen Fallen? I have not, but I did read yeah. that trivia. It's 1998. Features Denzel Washington. Um, he, I can't remember if he's the one who kills a serial killer, but he's a detective working the serial killer's case. And I want to say they gun down the serial killer, and then the serial killer pulls a Chucky trick, but he can pull it with random people around Detective Hobbs. <laughs> so Detective Hobbs like falls into insanity trying to figure out who the devil is like possessed in that moment. It's, yeah. I haven't seen it in a while, but I remember really liking it. And you've got Agnes Thorne, who's named after Damien Thorne from The Omen. <laughs> the classic that always gets brought up on these shows from 1976. I mean, this movie leans pretty heavily into pretty, Damien at the end. Every time you bring a kid and the devil into it, you're either going to go Exorcist or you're going to go The Omen. And this film went both. And then you've got Lucius Woodhouse after Rosemary Woodhouse in the classic. Rosemary's Baby, 1968. The mother's name is also Rose. Yeah. His wife's name was Sharon Tate, and she got stabbed to death. (laughs) And then he fell in love with like a 13-year-old ballerina, and we've not seen Roman Polanski ever since. Okay, then. (laughs) (laughs) These are facts. I'm not like, I'm not, you know, flaming Roman Polanski's life. He he did it. (laughs) Do you have the... Proverbs trivia, because I did think that one was pretty I don't, but I do have one more, which is the guy who played Eli, Charlie Shotwell, was 10 years old. Ooh, if well, he can do it, you can do it too. Let me pull up the other trivia then really quick, because I did think that one was actually kind of cool. I didn't write it down, because mistakes were made. I assumed you would. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess, even though we're about to dive into the movie. Well, we so, just did a full plot synopsis and gave away <laughs> the ending, so you're kind of fucked already. You should have clicked off when we so, told you to. I didn't notice this when we were watching it, but it's on the IMDb, so supposedly there's a billboard early in the movie that reads Proverbs 19.9. Mm-hmm. The false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies shall perish. Foreshadowing what happens to all the adults who lie to Eli. Goddamn right. And also, they switch his name to lie, so... Or 713. Yeah, or 713. Or 317. One of those. Yeah, <laughs> um, So you ready? You want to get into the goods? Sure. All right, I'll let you start. Um, so I thought there were a lot of really cool shots in this. Mm-hmm. Um, Brett and I both kind of had a moment where we were like, oh, that was neat. Whenever they first do 
I think the first stage of Eli's treatment and he like has a nightmare and then wakes up and the shot is flipped upside down so it yeah. almost looks like he's chained to the bed hanging upside down and all the doctors are standing there mm-hmm. upside down and it's just a really neat like sudden transition and then um there's a broken backed ghost girl yeah. that keeps showing up <laughs> every time she shows up she's literally like bent over in half backwards what like I, her back snapped what i love about that scene is she straightens up and then right as she straightens up he moves the flashlight and right as the light hits her she completely disappears mm-hmm. and it was like the perfect fucking there's pacing a cool for that. silhouette where she's behind a curtain or something like that and does the same thing again yeah. so it's just kind of i mean they overplay it a bit but it's kind of a neat effect this girl like has her back snapped in half and keeps like unfolding herself mm-hmm. and um very exorcist yeah and, and yeah. i will say like the the paranormal stuff didn't bug me too much because there was kind of this whole like is this in this kid's head is this really yeah. happening are these ghosts is he losing his mind like what's going on so like all the little effects they did with the paranormal stuff I actually thought were kind of neat. Like, there's, like, one scene where it looks like either a hand is inside of his shirt, like, moving mm-hmm. his shirt, or, like, somebody's grabbing his shirt and pulling his shirt. And I thought that was pretty cool, too, because yeah. he goes to swipe it and the shirt drops. So there's, like, a lot of neat little effects with that. Um, when the wardrobe falls over and it's almost like the camera is inside the wardrobe and yeah. falls with them. And it's, like... It's obvious something changes, but to me it was like subtle enough that I was like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, you I didn't like, catch it. Yeah. I was like, he's in the armoire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize that it had fallen over. I thought like he had been like slammed back or something. I didn't catch yeah. that the whole thing had fallen but, like, down. Like the clothes like still on the hanger. They almost look like they're looming over him. Like, mm-hmm. That was super fucking cool. Yeah, so there's a lot of like cool stuff like that. And even whenever, um, which that's not really like a trick that they did or anything. There's like a scene where he's like, freaking out and leaving to like running to leave the room and the IV pole yanks him back and he falls over and like there were just a lot of neat little like yeah that they used yeah and um, my favorite because I I also wrote that down as my very first thing was these were very abstract shots like there were some of them that I've never seen anything like that before mm -hmm. uh one in particular was when the mirror was all fogged up and he sees the ghost coming towards the mirror and then he wipes at the mirror and the ghost is gone. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that. That, is, that is really cool. He's like, you're not real, and wipes the Yeah. And then it draws away. you right back into, is this paranormal or is this just a child, mm-hmm. you know, living through his monster fantasy? And they right even now. set you up because the doctor's like, yeah, patients in the past have had hallucinations. Yeah. So, like, the paranormal stuff really didn't bother me because it was like, is it real? Is it yeah. not real? No, I'm my problem was with the, the very end game. I, I bought into the paranormal <laughs> stuff. I don't do that very often. Normally, I'm like, it's a ghost. Oh, my God. <laughs> Did you hurt yourself when you were a child? No. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, this is a little, like, unrelated to that stuff, but I will say the initial setup when you first meet the character and you um, have the whole dream sequence where he thinks he's, you know, running out in the field to what looks like maybe a birthday yeah. setup, and then, like, he freaks the out. Flashback, and, like, yeah. Yeah, he, like, freaks out and, like, falls over, and he's, like, breaking out and can't breathe. And then you cut into him in this, like, bubble life that he's living mm-hmm. in. You get, like, these little jump cut snippets of his life like all of his shit has to be in uh vacuum sealed bags his clothes yeah. come to him in vacuum sealed bags even when he brushes his teeth he has to put it back in a bag like he's got to put on like his seaburn suit so like he's got his plastic gloves and then he puts the collar of the shirt over him and even has to duct tape the airtight there yeah and um 
Uh, shoot, I was gonna say something, and it's left me now. Uh, it's gone. But about <laughs> the jackasses that threw the bottle at the car, so oh, you I get have... the shot of like his head, and then the bottle blowing up behind him. Yeah, and that to me was neat, but also kind of like I feel like it would have cracked the window or something. <laughs> As a person who has thrown a couple of beer bottles at a couple of vehicles, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Depends on the you know manufacturer of the bottle. <laughs> But I, I did think there were a lot of neat little tricks with the shots, like a lot of neat, yeah. interesting setups. I wish they had spent a little more time developing the character initially, but you do get a neat little perspective of what his life is mm-hmm. like. And then... Yeah, I could have done with about 15 minutes of... I want to see like his regular day-to-day before we even jump into the story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's my number one. A lot of actually really cool shots, and I it will say it was a... For the most part, a pretty movie. Um, it, it definitely wasn't at any point like, oh, like that looks bad. That's a bad shot or whatever like that. But it wasn't, for me, it didn't stand out for like the beauty of the lighting or the beauty of the shots. It was like the little tricks in each shot. It was yeah. like, oh, that was interesting. Like, yeah, like you said, like I haven't seen that before. Mm-hmm. So. so good move on Karen Foy. Kieran, Kieran, fuck. Get, <laughs> I'm sorry, Foy. I'm just going to call you Foy from here on out. This this movie is no fault of Foy's. Can we say that? Yeah. Pretty well done on I, Foy's side of things. I mean, the tell end is Except pretty... accepting the script as is instead of going, yes, but can we punch up the last 20 minutes? Yeah, the tell end is pretty bad and everybody ruined the tell end, yeah. but... Normally I'm mad at the director, but like the adult actors are all accomplished actors. That's not on him. And, like, he was able to work with a kid, so, like, I could see a lot of that um, throughout the film, where it's like, oh, he he's wrangling a 10-year-old. Like, he doesn't have time to deal with people that were in accomplished films. Like, <laughs> he's like, no, you know your job. So I can't take anything away from Foy on this. I might have problems with the three people on the writing staff. But <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, for me, it's the writing. Yeah. Uh, you got another one? It's your turn. Your first one killed my first one, and this oh. is how we've been playing the game for a um, couple of episodes. <laughs> so, let's skip to this one. I'm trying not to blow through my really big ones. Um, for the most part, I really wasn't mad at the acting. Like There were definitely some moments yeah. where I could have um, dealt with a little more connection between the characters, but for the most part, a pretty well-acted film. Like Even the doctor, um, I mean, I guess she could have been a little more sinister if we're trying to make you believe she's the bad guy, yeah. but... like. I overall like thought it was a pretty convincing film. Like the relationship between the mother and son is hands down the best. And um, that's another one on my list, so we're banging them up. I really like the chemistry, yeah, between like the son and the mother, the son and the father. I even grew to like the tension. Like I thought it was just bad chemistry between actors, but then I was like, eh, I could buy it off as tension between the mother and father. Yeah, no, I definitely felt because like that scene where they're like holding hands, trying to be brave together. That and then was the next, beautiful. The next yeah. go around, they're holding hands and they drop hands with each other. Like I definitely was like, oh, this is a failing marriage. Yeah. and like they lead you to believe, which I guess technically that is true, that the mother is unfaithful, and that's where this tension is from, yeah. and that the father. I is mean, not. what would you do after you fucked the devil? You just gonna <laughs> just gonna run around your life not sucking dicks in back alleys? No. <laughs> And that the father is not actually the father of Eli. So there is this like wedge between the yeah. two parent figures. And then 
a bit more of a distance in Eli's relationship with his father. And like Except I, for the point where he finally calls him dad yeah. like when he's terrified. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. Yeah. And so, like, I, I did actually think... I, I mean, these weren't, like, Oscar-worthy performances by any means, but I did think that they were actually really well done and, mm-hmm. like, for not having had really as much setup for these characters as we probably needed. Like, I bought them as a family. Yeah. And I, I bought this doctor as, like potentially being shifty as we call yeah, her for whatever reason like I, I i had a hard read on dr horn throughout the film I, I couldn't tell the intentions and probably because there's no way like one of the selling we'll get to it. <clears throat> one of the selling points to this film is a twist you don't see coming and um, guess what it's for good goddamn reason. Yeah, I I will agree. I did not see that coming. <laughs> Which we, we were definitely both like, we can predict this. And then it was like, oh shit, no we didn't. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay, cool. Yep. Um, <laughs> for the most part, pretty cool locations. Like, you don't spend a lot of... The house is beautiful. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't spend a lot of time in the initial house that they live in, but the whole, like, bubble setup in their mm-hmm. original home is really cool. And, um... It contrasts well with the mansion that they basically move to. You get a really close shot where half the room is this bubble, and, like, his whole life is in half of this really small room, and then he goes to a mansion he's got yeah. almost full and, reign like, of. The house that they shot this in is a killer Location. I'm yeah. assuming probably the inside was probably mostly a set, but a really cool setup. Like, neat design on, like, the doors, and, like, the bedrooms had these really cool windows, and even the little, like, atrium-type area that he kept sneaking down to talk to Haley. Like, uh, just very cool. And, like, the... Uh, they were, like, plastic hanging things, almost like what you would see in, like, a restaurant going into the freezer yeah. that you push out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, those were, for some reason, hanging in one section of the house. And, like, if you take time to think about it, it's like, that's weird that that's there. But it, like, looked really cool yeah. every time we had to go through that area. So, just a really cool location. Yeah. I like, a cool it. premise. I loved it. Um, sticking to the house, one of my goods is the very concept of a clean house. Like, I've, I've never seen that in a film before. I don't know if that exists in real life, but, like, this permanently sanitary thing that allows Eli to, like, hug his mother for the very first time. Like, <laughs> Well, I did see, whenever I was looking up stuff about the movie, there were, like, people saying, um, if you were trying to create a clean environment, there were certain things in the house that actually wouldn't be there. And, like, yeah. they were talking about the material the furniture was made out of and like various things that were in the home and they were like no no it wasn't spot on but like if you tell me it then i'm buying into the rules of the film well that was like one thing that they were saying though they were like some of the stuff that was actually in the house wouldn't be things that you would have in an environment where you're trying to create this hypoallergenic environment for a kid but they were like but when you find out at the end it's not actually real yeah you can kind of be like oh okay like they've created this illusion and And this kid doesn't know any better Yeah. yeah So, I mean, it, it is kind of cool that, because they do have areas of the house that are, like, really dusty and run yeah. down and, and stuff. walled and... off because they can't fix those sides. Yeah. That's the explanation given. Yeah, that they've kind of created this illusion that you, at the same time, buy into with this child. Yeah, this is a safe spot for me. Mm-hmm. And, like, even the, which... I saw people arguing about that too. Even the initial like room you have to go through to be decontaminated yeah. is like 
kind of like, oh, they wouldn't have handled it that way, but this kid doesn't know any better. Yeah. So it is, it is a neat premise, and it is no, kind the, of... The decontamination chamber could work, but the house quickly becomes contaminated when he panics and runs through it because they open both the doors at the same time, and thus you've just yeah, the fucked one, the entire the house. The one shuts behind him. He can't get back out of it. Like, there was some sort of an issue, because he sees the door come open, he's still in the decompression chamber with his dad. No, he's trying to shut it, and the doctor finds him. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering. Yeah, he, uh... The ghosts drag him out and uh, throw him into the decontamination yeah. area and shut the door behind him so he can't go back the other way. Yeah. And then the door opens. And then the opens. other door opens. And yeah, I guess the nurse or the doctor does drag him back yeah, in. Yeah, because they didn't do all of the hardcore air yeah. spray stuff that they did so the yeah, first time. yeah, the house would have then been contaminated, but the yeah. point is none of it's real anyway, so. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I just thought it belonged on my fucking yard list! No, doesn't. <laughs> Cross it off. Okay, let's well, cross off. What do you got next? Um, let's see. Oh, I can do that too. Yeah, I was looking to see what I had on the back. I'm going to poke you with a pen. I've got the pen. <laughs> got my own pen. Um, Copycat. <laughs> there are a lot of really genuinely heartbreaking moments in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, the biggest one especially being when he... Um, first goes into the house and finally works up the bravery to take off the suit and his mother like rushes to him and helps him like strip it off and they're like both basically in like tears because they get to touch each other for the first time and you know god knows how long and like even with the dad like you can tell the dad like he's a little more reserved but he's kind of like they're like so relieved Yeah, yeah that he can just be normal for five seconds and then he's like in the shower later and he isn't hasn't been allowed to shower he had to wipe down with little towelettes and he's crying in the shower because mm-hmm. he's not had a shower in years and like i got teary-eyed at the scene where he took off the suit i was yeah. like i did not expect to be this emotionally invested <laughs> so i like there are a lot of moments where it's just genuinely heartbreaking like the scene where the parents are holding hands and they drop hands and like you can yeah, feel uh, the relationship yeah. falling apart um when the dad like goes to back over the guys that were like picking on his kids, like initially I was like, "You're being a bitch, dad. Stand yeah. up for your kid." And then he almost runs them over. Yeah, and I was like, I could definitely see myself doing that in that position. Yeah. <laughs> it was smarter because there were like four dudes, and he was like, "No, nah, I'm just gonna run you over with my car." <laughs> and like, fuck even, your whole tailgate situation. <laughs> even the way the dad and him like joke around with each other, like he calls the car a piece of shit, and the mom's like. Yeah. You can't say that. Or I was like, I'm sorry about the kid. You know, he's like, joking around. And like, they kind of at this moment where they both know, like, they had one joke. at dinner too, where he cussed, where the kid cussed. And I can't remember what it was, where he's like, How is it? And he's like, It tastes like shit. No, he said, It looks like shit. And he's like, It tastes like shit, too. Which kind of makes me sad that that relationship between the two of them so rapidly falls apart at the end but there are a lot of like moments where you're like these are real people that are really hurting and just trying to do the best they can so it had glimpses of brilliance for sure Mm -hmm. but yeah i I didn't quite but almost cried when he took his suit (laughs) off i was like oh okay well i kind of stick into the suit concept i loved 
that that immediately solidifies him as the other because he eventually becomes the only person that they're lying to. Mm-hmm. They're all telling the truth to each other, more or less. Everybody's lying to Eli, and from the second that we see him, he is the other. And I like to point out the other, you know, when we're doing the show, like the English accent in uh, How I Learned How to Lie or whatever the fuck the name of that is. The Invention of Lying. The Invention of Lying, not How I Learned How to Lie. (laughs) Um, So I think that was a very strong way to solidify him right off the bat as I'm different than everybody else that you're going to see tonight, you know. Yeah, and like those, when those guys do... Like, pick on him and he trips and falls and stuff. You do kind of have this moment where it's like, yeah, he's all by himself. Yeah, completely. And, if they nick that suit, he might die. Yeah. yeah. And, like, even the coping mechanism between him and his mom, like, the breathe, blow out the birthday candles, make a wish. I like, forgot about that. That yeah, was fucking it was like, beautiful. Which is a, it's a really pretty, like, connection point between him and his mom, but it also sets him aside as, like, he needs this fantasy just mm-hmm. to, like, Come calm his, his mind and yeah yeah and it is a, a pretty moment because what does he wish for he wishes for something like i wish they would die or something like that and she's like well let's make another wish <laughs> let's try a different one <laughs> like, i wish i'd get better <laughs> like, yeah let's wish for that one <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Any way you can set up the other in your writing, you know, it has to be something completely unique. It can't be like, I'm the new kid at school. It is kind of like funny it, that they flip that around at the end and the mom is the one making she's the wish. She's the other. And the yeah. kids are all cool and collected. Yeah, and the house is on fire and he's the devil now. Yeah. <laughs> there's multiple antichrists just roaming the world. But that reversal of the mom now being the one who needs to cope <laughs> a neat moment outside of all of that other dog shit. <laughs> oh, me to just lit all those nuns on fire like birthday candles. But we'll get there in a minute. You got any more? Uh, I've got one more. Um, I, I guess it's just down to the movie itself. Like, it's an interesting premise like this kid who lives in a bubble and can't touch the real world and these parents making all these sacrifices to try to protect their son and when I don't agree with the ending but when you find out what the ending is like the movie kind of becomes this like how far are we willing to go to protect the people that we love like they've trapped this child in a bubble his whole life um supposedly because he's sick and it's like this extreme um I don't know, dedication, I guess, on the parents' end to protect their child at all costs. And I can't imagine if you really had a kid that you had to put in those circumstances to keep safe that that would be an easy thing to do Mm -hmm. daily. I mean, you can't leave your kid alone. Your kid depends on you for food and water and the bathroom and everything in that instance. And then we never at any point really establish what either of them do for a living, but we do establish that they're very broke. Mm -hmm. Um, Paying the medical bills and all that. Yeah, and they... they, um, basically get rid of all their stuff and just take a car to go live in this house just hoping things are going to work out and then when you find out what the ending actually is <laughs> like it's kind of but again it's that how far will you go to save your own child like the mother is genuinely trying to save her son's life and the father at the end like realizing his son can't be saved like tries to make the ultimate choice to kill the son and the yeah. mom's still like trying to save him so it's this kind of like push and pull of where is the line when someone you love is in need? Like, how far are you willing to go for them? So, 
I did think overall it was kind of a neat premise. I don't think the ending was the way to go with it. Oh, no. Not, not in the fucking slightest. I loved the premise. I, I, you know, we've talked about it a couple of times now, but that it, it gives you so many options, you know, for what is possibly going on here. I thought, as my logical writer's brain went to, this is a film about Munchausen syndrome, or however you pronounce that. Um, where this is all in the mother's head. The son is a victim. The dad is a victim. The nurse is just collecting the fucking money. Um, And they're slowly driving the kid nuts, as that often happens with that disease. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the father's position, you know, where he has his own motives. It could have been the kid is paranoid or schizophrenic, or Dr. Horn is uh, a fucking Kevorkian. (laughs) <laughs> I thought it was in the kid's head for sure, but then also that the doctor was taking advantage. Like, yeah. I did not see um, the mother or father being in on it, and I definitely did not see it being the a devil. satanic thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I assumed, because the kid, like, openly admits, like, I haven't always been this way. It just, like, started, and, you know, it's been getting worse year after year, and, like, I thought for sure it was, like, just this condition he had developed in his brain and with each passing year he was like mentally imagining it to be worse than it was and then this doctor like definitely knew he wasn't actually sick and was just doing weird experiments on children now it was a brilliant fucking concept that the uh, ending leaves filled with plot holes which we'll get into my last good is i loved that they used a single mosquito to show that it was all a lie. Because by there being a mosquito in the house, we can discern that the house has been contaminated. And thus, he does not have the condition that they've been telling him he's had that put him in the bubble in the first place. Like, they shattered the illusion with one mosquito. Well, two, because the dad squishes one and another one gets in. <laughs> two mosquitoes. I don't know why we need a bat on every one of Brett's goods today. <laughs> Can we get another beer? What's your first bet? Um, let's see. I'll save my worst bad for last. But uh, I appreciated them when they were done effectively. There were definitely too many jump scares. Like... Every time we turned around, it was like, okay, well, this is about to happen, and there it goes. And then, oh, well, this is about to happen, and then there that goes. It was like... I'm far from a fan of the jump scare. Yeah, it was over-the-top predictable that there were going to be jump scares. (laughs) (laughs) That was also one of the selling points on the Netflix thing, if I remember correctly. It was like, you're going to see jump scares and a plot that you didn't see coming. It was like paranormal jump scares and a plot twist. Yeah, and you were like, oh, this is going to be a nightmare. (laughs) This is going to be a blast. No, the fucking, the holy fucking jump scares. There were more than I've ever seen. And we just kept going one, two, three. There it is. Three, two, one. Here we go. (laughs) We did keep having moments, though, where it was like, do you think it's going to be in front of him or behind him? And that was kind of a guessing game, where it was like, which direction is it coming from? (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Okay, where do I start here? How about there's no security plan whatsoever at Satan's Rehabilitation Center? 
How many times does a 10-year-old need to break out of where you've told him he's allowed to be before you strap him to the bed like you do during the surgeries? Have an alarm yeah. that yeah. goes off when get it crosses a, the yeah. threshold. Get a something. single camera or lock his goddamn door. <laughs> yeah. And even if it had just been he was crazy or anything, like you'd think there'd be cameras yeah. or... A lock on the You've got a decontamination door. center at the entryway. Yeah. You can't afford a security guard to sleep outside of his door at night? And she openly admits that she doesn't like the little girl that keeps coming right up to the window. So yeah. you think there'd be some kind of front lawn security? By a Doberman? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a bizarre lack of... There's literally one keypad to get into the medical wing. That's it. That's that. The whole house. Wide the fuck open. Nobody's watching this kid. Not even the parents. The parents aren't even, like, in the room with the child. Well, they're not allowed to be in the room. Oh. <laughs> Which is, uh, I don't think I wrote that down, but that is definitely, like, a bad in my book. Like, I don't find it believable that a kid that is supposedly as sick as their kid has been and for the first time ever is getting to be yeah. kind of out and free, or the first time since he's gotten sick anyway, is allowed to be out and free. And also being experimented on by a doctor would just be let loose by the parents. Like, yeah. I would want to be... Back there during the experiments, I would want to, you know, have my kid allowed to to sleep in my room. Yeah, Yeah, like I I wouldn't just be like, all right, we'll take him and good luck. And he's looking sicker today, but you keep going. Yeah. You know, like if your kid has cancer, you stay in the room with the kid like you don't. Yeah. So I I don't find that part of the relationship believable. I don't think the parents would have been that willing to just let their kid just like go off with some doctor they don't know (laughs) or be like yeah we're chill with not being anywhere near him pretty much all day except for dinner (laughs) yeah it's a good fucking move um what else you got um cheesy death scenes like the dad's face getting crushed the nuns being turned into upside down crosses and then burned alive like they weren't even like cool deaths they were just cheesy it bleeds right into my Next bad there, which is the sudden telekinetic powers. Like, if they would have slowly built it like you do in Carrie, where you can go, oh, there's something here, there's something here, now it turns hyper-violent. But they spend zero time building, and he just looks at his dad and kamehameha's that motherfucker right in the head. Yeah, that's actually <laughs> one of mine, too, that the kid goes from zero to a hundred. We go from not being violent at yeah. all to violent enough to kill your father figure. Yeah, fuck this, we're like, going all in. Didn't try to take out one of the nurses first. Didn't kill the mosquito. Didn't. <laughs> and like I, I get because in the moment that he crushes his dad's head, the dad is coming at him with a knife. I get like the rage of like my dad's trying to kill me, yeah. protect myself. But like I feel like realistically, a child would just throw them back and knock them unconscious. I don't think a dad or a child it implodes would their fucking head. <laughs> yeah, I don't think a child would immediately go to I'm going to kill my father. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah, he he goes from not violent at all and scared and kind of timid to I'll kill everything and then like in that final shot when they're sitting in the car you're supposed to believe he's this cool like calm collected like breathe mom it's gonna be fine (laughs) character it's like okay slow down there James Dean yeah like he's been timid this whole time (laughs) like that's not believable (laughs) like sweeps his hair to the side he's like you see that bad bitch in the back seat that's my sister (laughs) I know we've Spent this entire movie kind of creating like a crush connection between me and my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's a little awkward. 
uh, and the mom was way too chill at the end too, like for the kid having just crushed her husband's face and yeah. burned everybody else alive. She's just like, okay, I'm going to get in the car with the devil's son and the devil's daughter and we're just going to go meet the devil and hope he doesn't like... Have a blast. <laughs> like tear me into pieces while I'm still alive or anything crazy. Lock me in a chamber of, you know... Fucking fiery, flamey Interno for the rest of my goddamn life. Just yeah. gonna go down this road. I mean, I know she has her own little panic attack, but she is yeah. way too calm for what just happened. Which, you know, leads me to, like, one of the bigger points, which we bring up on here all the time. Don't fucking trick me. There's no reason for the trick. If you're gonna lead me to the idea of satanic possession, lead me to the idea of satanic possession. Start with a hyper-religious mother who prays every night that her son gets better, you know? A repentant mother who fucked the devil. They do show her praying a couple of times, but she's not aggressive about it. And, like, the dad's not remotely religious. He's like, you think that's going to save us? And, yeah, there's not enough of an emphasis on it. And, like, I think he yanks the cross necklace off of her and tosses it aside but like he doesn't even act like that like burns him or any of the stereotypical Mm -hmm. things it's just kind of like ah whatever you know and she's like sure we're gonna go meet the devil now (laughs) so yeah there's definitely not enough emphasis on like you gotta like lead it there you know where the exorcist does it right is yeah she's actually possessed by a demon but she goes to a therapist, she goes to a doctor, she goes through a CAT scan, you know, it, it, it leads you to the idea, you know, based on the other characters that we're going to find out she's possessed by a demon for real, for real. And then she hovers over the bed and her head spins around backwards and she fucks herself with a crucifix. <laughs> like the doctor and the two nurses too, because they're, I guess, all apparently nuns in this yeah. building that they're in is like an old nunnery or something like is literally at no point until the tell-in when they do the exorcism ever establishes being religious at all. No. Like, there's a couple the of crosses on the doors. The nurses do not seem religious. Yeah. Yeah. They like, seem almost like it's like a military establishment and they're doing experiments. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't feel at all like religion is a factor, period, until they then bust out the holy water. And it's like, are we really doing this? Have we this? just been giving him injections of holy water this entire time? That's the entire thing? We're going to douse his brain in holy water? Yeah, and they never establish... They didn't bring a priest in. They never establish what the hell they were giving him. Like, it was something yeah. to supposedly rewire his genes so that he would no longer, I don't know, be satanic. <laughs> they never, like, establish what the fuck they were doing to him. We're literally trying to rehabilitate the Antichrist. And we're not going to tell you that that's what we're doing, you know. That would have been an interesting scene. If she would have, like, gone to the mother and be like, hey... We're rehabilitating the Antichrist, and the mom was like, we're getting our kid the fuck out of this hospital. Well, that's, you know? <laughs> that's another thing that I have on my list. Like, it's very confusing when you get to that end part and it starts shifting to the religious element, like, what the mom and dad both knew and didn't know. Because yeah. they both definitely knew he was possessed and that she had fucked well, the Well, the devil. mom knew that he was possessed. I don't know if the dad well, knew. Yeah, the dad, because they do mention that the the dad's the one that found him and knew that she was, like, that kind of person, but... The kind of person who fucks the devil? I've never no, met that kind no. of person. Like I bet the doctor, some deranged people. No, the doctor was, like, the kind of person that was, like, trying to, I guess, exercise, like, these kids that had come to her yeah. before. Like, they do establish that part, but, like, they go back and forth with the mom the most. Like, you think that the mom... 
like, knows they're going to all these extremes to get this evil out of her son. But then when the dad's like, yeah, so the other kids died and our kid might die too, the mom's then like, wait, what? what's going on? But then talks to the doctor and agrees to continue on anyway. And then at the end, she's like, no, they are going to try to kill him. So it's like, well, you knew that already. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it's, it's very confusing on because the mom and dad start having all this bickering at the end, like... Did the dad know that they were going to kill the son in the end? Did the mom know that they were going to kill the son in the end? Like, did the mom think they were going to sprinkle some holy water and call it a day? Like, were all I, these kids that are roughly the same age all the Antichrist? And he was just the last Antichrist? Well, they... Like, the, did Satan just, like, start blowing loads left and right in the odd hope that... They make some vague... Like in some vague town in Connecticut. <laughs> when he gets out and like meets his sister she's like you were stronger than the others so like i guess they all were antichrist but they make no effort to establish anything about any of that until the very end where it's like we're just aggressively plowing through it and then it's like i don't know who knew what and when and why and what we've agreed to and then and what bothers me about it is once again we've reached a point where the reason why the ending blows is that they've failed to take on mental illness. This could be any host of mental problems that are going on within this family, any sort of domestic issue that's going on within the family, you know? And they're like, no, it's the devil again. It's the devil again. I know, I know. We grew up in the 80s. (laughs) I have never watched a movie... I don't think ever that has so aggressively jumped the shark. Well, yeah, because the ending unravels the complete brilliance of the story because it opens up so many plot holes like we've been talking about here throughout the, the, the bad section. Now it's the devil's fault. Okay, cool. So we're not going to address the what the kid may feel towards the parents for lying to him the entire time, what the father may feel against the mother the we, entire time. We don't address whether or not who is pro or against what the fuck is going on seems to shift, you know? Yeah, and we don't address at all, like, the quote-unquote ghosts that he, were see- like he was seeing. Yeah. like who were the ghosts? Were they the spirits of these Antichrist children? Um, are they now dead because he burned the house down? Does that give them freedom to escape the house? Because yeah. fire is the devil's, like, element or whatever? Like, we don't address anything. It's just like, oh, I'm the devil. Watch me work my magic. Let's go meet Dad. Yeah. What but does like, Dad look like? Yeah, no fear or apprehension on his part for having been a timid kid. Like, Does that mean that they're all going to go commit ritualistic suicide, or is the devil literally walking the earth? Yeah, or are there more of them out there? Is this doctor single-handedly been collecting all the children from the whole world yeah. that are the devil's children? Like, if this one girl has already been loose why hasn't she been out there like raising hell <laughs> like you're already out here running loose yeah. like, how many of the you? other patients were just kids that were hypochondriacs that she wound up stabbing in the fucking chest with that stabber <laughs> yeah, it's absurd how quickly it all turns and there's no effort to develop it <laughs> does not add a christmas bow tie to the entire thing and it doesn't even have like, you can't even, like, write it off as, like, them poking fun at themselves. It doesn't have any kind of comical ending. It's just like, hey, let's get in the car. Mom, don't freak out. We're going to go meet the devil. And then they do the dumb thing where their eyes glow. and Yeah. Like, it's a serious ending. Like, it's meant to be like, no, this is really what, what went this on. This is it. 
<laughs> That's so that. Stupid. Are you scared now? Did the jump scares get you? The jump scares were better, actually. <laughs> I preferred the jump scares <laughs> to that. <laughs> you had anything else there on your I sheet? I blew through mine. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's mostly, like, it, I actually really kind of liked it as a movie. It's mostly just the tell-in. Like, that's the only thing that I was kind of like, what? Why? You have a takeaway? <sighs> I... I, I'm confused by this one, honestly. Like, I don't, I don't feel like I even have advice to offer. Like, I don't understand <laughs> unless they were just hyper rushed to finish the movie. Yeah. And I think they slam. didn't have a third act, and then they all just started doing cocaine. And then the guy who it, directed I mean, it was on cocaine, and the person who was producing it was on cocaine, and like then they I, filmed I it. Felt like, which I think, to be fair, um, that would have been obvious going into it. Like if somebody, part? no, <laughs> if uh, somebody had watched this movie and like had thoughts like like what we had, you know, it's either in the kid's head or it's in the yeah. mom's head or the doctor's, you know, doing like, experiments. It's too easy. <laughs> well, I, I think that probably honestly would have been a, a more obvious ending. I think most people would have seen that coming, and um, you know, maybe that's not the most ideal. But if you end it you know in a way that makes sense or in a way that's clever you can still do the more obvious ending yeah. and it still be a successful film and i i think maybe that's what happened they were like no we've got to like switch it up and really blow their minds and just not stick Didn't the connect. landing no. at all like to the point that it ruined what could have been a really kind of cool little film no, I fucking loved it right up until those last 20 minutes. And then I was just like chain smoking on the couch. Like, I don't even fucking understand what's going on here. How the fuck? But then now they're flipping upside down and going in circles. And then they just caught on fire. They caught on fire. Kristen, did you see that they caught on fire? I don't see how you can have that clear of an ending laid out for you, though. And yeah. then just miss it so aggressively. Like, that's... And I don't have advice for it. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like it was an obvious ending or there were multiple obvious endings you could have chosen and they were just like, let's be outrageous. No, you could have gone with the obvious ending and tweaked the relationships with the characters, tweaked the intro, made the mother look hyper-protective but not malicious. You know, there, there's ways that you could have gone about it, for sure. But they didn't do that. And uh, they had three of them, so I can't... <laughs> Who am I, you know? I'm just you a man. You could have literally done all three. Maybe it was in both the mom and kid's head and the doctor was it, a psycho. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> the whole thing takes place in a nightmare in Auschwitz. Um, <laughs> I think my big takeaway for this one is I love the brilliance of them creating the outsider. I love the bubble suit. I love the bubble room. Um I thought that was a brilliant way to go about it, and it's made me contemplate how to create the outsider in my own personal writing. And I love the mosquito. I, I love that the the giveaway amongst all these jump scares and chaos of the plot and stuff, uh, the, the, the main turning point into the third act is a mosquito. You know, I, I thought that was really brilliant. It's something very small, you kind of have to think about it. You're like, yeah, is a mosquito really a full contamination or is this like a problem it now? It definitely proves the house is an airtight. It proves that the house is an airtight, but then you're like, that thing, if they've not been lying to him, if it stings him, he's fucked. He's going to die. Yeah. Probably contract some sort of malaria and it's game over for him. And I feel so like that would have been... The simplicity of the mosquito and the bubble suit to create the outside. 
I feel like that would have been a better way to have shown that he wasn't actually sick than throwing him down in some weird dusty cellar. Yeah, let him get bit. <laughs> yeah, like that that sequence made no sense. Like she just had some random dusty cellar in this house that had been totally that had like bodies redone. In it for yeah, no that reason. still had the bodies in it. Like you don't want to destroy the evidence, like yeah. especially if they're the devil's children, you don't want to definitely get rid of those, like to make sure they don't come back to life or some crazy shit. Like it would have made way more sense, yeah, to just have the mosquito bite him versus there's this weird cellar that's conveniently here <laughs> that you've never seen before now. Yeah. So well we've had it cemented to ground level. (laughs) Just don't fuck around when you have an obvious ending. Just find a way to make the obvious ending compelling. God damn right. Got anything else, my love? Could have been good. Could have been been good. Could have been better. You know it'd be really cool? People went over on Twitter and they tweeted us a couple of things and you could do that over at At Nightmarebox Pro. Or you can swing on over there to the Facebook. Write us a whole comment. Facebook.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. Or you can go to YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Or you can watch The Dolls, which is maybe the greatest thing Kristen's ever done. Except for the thing that she's in the middle of making right now. Because that is fucking phenomenal. Um, so, YouTube.com slash Kristen Pennington. Or YouTube.com slash Nightmare Box Productions. And that'll be up and running when we get the very cool new thing that Kristen is working on. Uh, or you can go on over to our website at... The Nightmarebox.blog. Where you can see the same exact film up in the top right-hand corner. My book, The Madman Diaries, available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or if you can find me in public. Um, would be on the bottom right-hand side. But you can also find a couple of short stories and updates. And Kristen's added some pretty cool segments to the website over there where she's got pictures and... Uh, the such from the shooting of the films that we're working on. What else? Um, the homework assignments are also on the website, but uh, the Instagram uh, at Nightmare Box Productions. God damn right. I think that's ooh the email. Uh, Nightmare Box Productions <laughs> at Gmail. Yeah, and uh, if you want to call me Kieran or Siren, Mister Foy, Mrs. Foy, I don't really understand your name. I have no fucking idea. Uh, or. Uh, uh, Chimichirio or whatever the fuck I called you earlier. You can, you can send me the phonetic spelling of your name and I'll correct it on our next episode. I think that's all of them. That's all of them. I love you. I love you. You sure you love me? I do love you. Do you love me? I do love you. Do you love me? <laughs> yeah. Is that the Backstreet Boys? I don't know. Fuck them. <laughs> I love you guys too and we'll talk to you on Friday. What is that song? I don't know. I was thinking, do you love me? Do you want to be my friend? (laughs) Or...